It is Monday the 18th of September and this is The Splash. Well, what a wild weekend it was uh, across all sports, across the board, uh, and our numbers on the foxsports.com.au website are indicating as such just so much news on there right now. My name is Phil Pryor. This is The Splash. Uh, And as far as the NRL was concerned, another huge story with the Cowboys causing another upset in Sydney. They'll be back in Sydney this Saturday to take on the Roosters. Uh, Storm Broncos Friday across in the AFL. The Crows and Cats and the Tigers and the Giants. They'll be doing battle in preliminary final weekend. Uh, We've had a, a great result overnight in the golf, which we will talk about on the splash later. Of course, we saw Winks uh, notch up uh, a 20th straight win, unbelievable in horse racing, uh, and some not so good news in the Davis Cup as well. We'll talk tennis as well as that golf result with Liam Fitzgibbon later in the program. But we're going to dive into some AFL first up. We do have uh, Fox Footy's Tom Morris on the line down from Melbourne. Uh, of course, he was on the splash live uh, in studio on Friday. Uh, but there's just too much AFL news uh, to, to talk about, so we can't give you a day off, Tommy. <laughs> Thanks for having me. No, it's uh, good to be back on the splash. I think it's going viral, so I'm <laughs> pretty happy with your work, Phil. You were, uh, of course, uh, up, up at uh, the GWS game in Sydney on, on Saturday. What, what do you reckon out there? Mate, you know, there's a bit of talk. It wasn't a, a flash crowd. What, what were your thoughts? Yeah. Well, 14,000 people there was the lowest crowd, I think, for, since about 1914. Yeah. Um, in a final, so there wasn't a lot of people there, but the, the Giants were just too good for the Eagles. I was speaking to someone earlier, I'm not sure how much we can read into the, the, to the game, because the Eagles are so weak and, um, and really paid the price for a couple of really tough games they played in the, in the two out of three previous weeks, but the Giants were good, they were clinical, they played like the top 14 they are, um, and then the news today that Josh Kelly has re-signed really gives them a little kick ahead of this weekend's preliminary final in Melbourne against um, against uh, Richmond, which will be an absolute ripper at the MCG. Expect probably 95,000 Richmond supporters there. So that's a real test for them. And Brett Delidio as well, who of course played for the Tigers mm. decades before last, before uh, getting traded this year. Yeah, that, that's definitely going to be a nice subplot uh, in terms of the build-up to Saturday's big, epic prelim at the MCG, Richmond v GWS. But let's, uh, let's talk Josh Kelly. Uh, he's re-signed today. Um, can you give us any details uh, on the, the nature of the contract? Yep, so it's a two-year deal, so it ties him into the Giants for the 2018 and 2019 season. So it's not a long one, but it's probably the smart play because yeah. it is absolute prime by the time he comes out of contract again. And probably if at, his form line continues, be demanding a million plus a season at that point. Yeah, um, yeah. this was uh, as expected uh, as well. Yeah, as expected, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So Jared Waitley broke it on AFL 360 last week that he'd committed to terms and then he's put pen, pen to paper this morning um, and he's having a press conference this afternoon but which by the time the splash comes out you may already listen to it's probably eight hundred to nine hundred thousand dollars a year that's what the figures have been floated um, and that's probably what he deserves he's probably getting offered a lot more to be at north melbourne but he's chosen to stay at the giants um win a premiership there and then he'll probably reassess in 18 months time and we'll go through it all again and just quickly that's going to present plenty of um you know meter media talking points uh, down the line in a year or two. A lot of the GWS players have been uh, wrapped up for the next year or so, but um, but that, a lot of them are coming off contract within that one, two-year period, right? Yes, and that's what happened. So they, 
Dylan Shield was, was locked up earlier this season um, on a long-term deal. Jeremy Cameron last year. Jonathan Patton was the same. They've got a lot of stars, and they really need to stagger them, and they'll continue to do so. But it all depends on premiership success. I think if they win a couple of flags, um, these, these players will, will probably look to go either to the highest bidder or go home. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see what happens. They've already lost a few players, of course, Adam Trelaw and, mm. and James Stewart, um, Jack Steele at St Kilda. So they haven't kept them all, but they've kept the, the bulk of the stars. Uh, and it's always going to be a it's going to be a continued struggle for them to keep them all. Uh, but certainly, Josh Kelly is a step in the right direction for a club which really should be aiming for at least a couple of flags in the next four or five years, given the depth of talent they have. For sure, we're talking retention with uh, GWS, but it's quite the opposite at Port Adelaide right now, with a big breaking story. Uh, uh, well, you know, reports coming from the Australian initially that. Port Adelaide coach Ken Hinckley wants out. Uh, he wants out so that he can sign a multi-million dollar uh, deal up on the Gold Coast with the Suns. Uh, what can you tell us about this? Because th- this, you know, this story has gone completely gangbusters on foxsports.com.au all, mm. uh, all morning. Well, I think it's important to, to understand the timeline of events. So Port Adelaide lost to West Coast with a kick off the siren almost two weeks ago now. Uh, and after that, the, after the, the loss, David Koch, who was, a, who was a TV personality and also the chairman of Port Adelaide, came out and was critical, not of, not of, the, of the coach, but of the players. Um, he raised a few questions, which a lot of media pundits thought were outside his parameters as chairman, uh, got involved in the football side of things, not unlike what Eddie Maguire does a lot of the time. Um, Kenny Hinckley is understood to be quite frustrated at Koch's comments. Um, they, the Australian then reported today that they had a, a meeting on the weekend to try to resolve things. Nothing was resolved. Uh, and then Ken Hinckley effectively has asked, again, reportedly, to go to the Gold or to be released from his contract, which still has a year to run. The Gold Coast Suns are circling because they are without a coach. Ken Hinckley's highly rated. He took Port Adelaide, Port Adelaide to a preliminary final in his first year. In, oh, no, sorry, second year in 2014. In 2013, they made the finals as well. And they made the finals again this year. So the fact that Port Adelaide haven't been in a position to offer him a longer-term contract means that Gold Coast Suns are in pole position here. If Hinkley can get out of this Port Adelaide deal, there's certainly tension between Hinkley and Kosh, and that's really the root of all these problems. It would be a major shot in the arm for the Suns if they can pull this one off, and uh, and, and they really need a, a, a story like this. You know, they've they've had it's 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 been a tough period for them, and and uh, good stories are limited. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you talk of players coming out of contract. So Tom Lynch comes out of contract at the end of next year. Steve May, his co-captain, comes out of contract the year after that, which means that it's a really interesting period for these senior players of the Gold Coast Suns because there's no way they're going to stay unless they get a good coach in. Hinkley's that good coach, uh, but whether he gets the Gold Coast Suns, we'll have to wait and see. It's certainly looking more and more likely. He's the bookie's favourite, and that often tells a very accurate story, uh, given that the Port Adelaide Football Club and Hinkley at the moment seem to be on a warpath. Now, Tom Morrison, the Fox footy team, will go into more detail about all of the AFL action over the semi-final weekend. Um, plus, I'm sure they'll look ahead as well. Uh, in-depth analysis on the Fox footy podcast. Um, please go over and subscribe there uh, on all your normal podcasting channels. But, Tom, while I have you, uh, you've just published a story for cricket online as well. Uh, the headline reading, Secret Documents reveal real pay dispute loser. Uh, can you quickly elaborate? Yeah, so after the pay dispute was effectively finished on August the 3rd, um, a company called Gemba, which is a sports and entertainment company, 
surveyed a number of people, so they've hun- hundreds and thousands of people, uh, and came back with findings of the impacts of the pay dispute and how uh, and, ha- and how that looked. They they put together graphs and documents as to um, as to how the p- general public saw Cricket Australia, saw the game of cricket, and then saw the players, and effectively who was worse off after the pay dispute. And what was what we found in these documents that FoxSports.com.au um, revealed on the website today is that. Cricket Australia was worse off, the players were about the same, and cricket in general is actually fine. So this pay dispute, a lot of people thought, oh, it's going to turn people off the ashes, it's going to make the ashes hard to watch because we don't trust the players and we like the board or or that sort of stuff. In reality, people are still going to watch the ashes. In fact, ticket sales for the ashes are as high as they've ever been. The first three days of every test, apart from Melbourne, are sold out. So that's no issue at all, but it really is a bit of a blow to Cricket Australia, according to these numbers. Um, that people have lost trust in the organisation that really runs the game. So they've got a bit of work to do to get that reputation back up and going. But the players seem to be okay, which is, I guess, good news for David Warners and Steve Smith right down to the state cricketers. Yeah, an annoying distraction, but no harm done. Thanks, Tom. (laughs) No worries. Thanks, Phil. Enjoy. Now, in a rain-interrupted affair, the Aussies uh, could not get the chocolates against India in their opening ODI uh, of the series uh, over in the subcontinent right now. Uh, And... The news for Australian sport on the world stage doesn't get much better uh, when we look at tennis either. And Liam Fitzgibbon uh, joins us to to discuss what happened in our semi-final Davis Cup tie with uh, Belgium uh, over the weekend. Liam, thanks for joining the spl- the splash. No worries, Phil. How are you? I'm good, thanks. Uh, our tennis players though, they they couldn't get the job done. No, they couldn't. It was a bit of a wasted uh, wake up call. At- 4am I was a bit disappointed <laughs> putting in the effort there for the Rusty and the boys and they couldn't get across the line but no pretty disappointing considering they took a 2-1 lead into today's uh, final day's play needing just the one of the two singles matches to get across the line so it was yeah. never going to be easy I mean in Belgium on clay uh, was always going to be tough but you felt like we had one foot in that final there and of course it would have been first final in 14 years so yeah. so close but so far for, for Hewitt's boys. Yeah, not good. Uh, and and Nick Kyrgios, uh, he probably went into his tie as as a uh, sorry into his rubber as a, a hot favourite. Would you assume? Uh, yeah, it was always going to be tough. I mean, he was definitely favourite. Uh, David Goffin is world number twelve, certainly a handy player. And uh, you can't really blame Nick for this one. Uh, by all accounts, attitude uh, effort was great, as you'd expect with uh, with Leighton Hewitt there to to keep his mind focused throughout the match. But David Goffin was just wonderful, and you got to you got to give credit where credit's due there. Possibly the second rub is a little bit disappointing. Uh, mm. Hewitt took a bit of a risk, uh, opting for Jordan Thompson instead of John Millman, who played in the first singles. Yeah. Um, and Thompson's one of our rising stars, showing great fight in his uh, recent ATP tour performances. And it wasn't really uh, ever a contest. Quite a straightforward three-set win to Steve Darsis. And mm. that's all she wrote for 2017. But uh, still good signs there. And I think they'll be pretty optimistic looking forward, the Aussie team, um, mm. to the coming campaigns. Yeah, they'll be better for the run, uh, we assume. And, and side note, are we seeing Nick Kyrgios slowly starting to mature? I think so. Um, it's also hard to tell because he said all along he loves this team environment. This is what keeps yeah. him focused. That's, yeah. This is actually what uh, he looks forward to most on the tour. So it's hard to read into it. You'd love to say that based on what we've seen at these sort of things, he's going to come out and show a new level of maturity. But when he gets out there on his own, into, back into the hotel rooms and... All the distractions of the of the day to day tour. It's hard to say, but you would you would think that is the case with Nick, and we've definitely seen some signs in patches this year that he's heading in the right direction. Okay, we've polished off the sour news, but 
in golf, Mark Leishman has absolutely blitzed it in the BMW Championship. Um, I think he carted a four under 67 in the final round uh, in Chicago uh, to absolutely nail it and um, take out Tiger Woods' tournament record uh, in the process. What a story this is. This is the best story of the weekend, oh, in my yeah. opinion. And, and Mark Leishman, or the leash as I like to call him, uh, <laughs> doesn't probably get the accolades he deserves. You know, there's always the talks on Jason Day and Adam Scott in the golfing world, but Mark Leishman's proven himself as a bloody, bloody good golfer. And yeah, uh, yeah. this is his second win of the year. He also won the Arnold Palmer Invitational, which is a massive tournament in itself. Um, so yeah, this is great to see. And, and this is the second last event of the season. It's a prestigious BMW Championship, the last, uh, second last event of the FedEx Cup playoffs. Yeah. Um, yeah, so well it's that, a massive tournament. He's playing the best guys in the world here and he's beaten them by five shots. So it's absolutely incredible. And that was my next question. This win um, secures a ticket into next uh, next week's $10 million FedEx title. Yeah, so it's a bit complicated how it all works out. It's a point system. Um, basically, the top 30 golfers now left in the FedEx Cup will compete in the final event next week. And there's all sorts of permutations if you're lower down in the rankings, but Mark Leishman's now put himself in the top five, which means... If he wins next week, he'll get the $10 million bonus prize, which Not is one of, the, one of the best going in sport, can you imagine? And that's on yeah. top of you know the tournament uh, prize money in itself. I mean, he picked up $1.5 million today, pretty handy, taking his career earnings to $20 million. So if you've got young children, give them the uh, golf clubs nice and early, I'd suggest. And, uh, and, and finishing off Monday's edition of the Splash Liam, last week we looked at uh, we spoke to Dan Attias in the build-up to the super fight, uh, the boxing, um, you know, he- uh, big middleweight uh, sort of fight for supremacy between uh, uh, Canelo and Golovkin, uh, and it did not finish uh, conclusively, let's say. <laughs> it didn't, and how disappointing that after what was an amazing fight, we're again talking about referees and <laughs> it's dominating all the discussion I, mean, I, don't, I don't think you can argue with a draw given the effort both guys put in it was a fantastic fight to watch mm. both guys just going for it especially in those later rounds but again boxing seems to have have a habit of shooting itself in the foot and a lot of uh, a lot of outrage over the score and particularly the one judge who somehow scored it uh, 118 110 yeah in favor of Canelo when the other two judges well one had carded it a draw and the other one mm. two points in Golovkin's favor so Pretty disappointing, and you can't really argue with the um, the backlash when you see that sort of discrepancy between yeah between cards. So it's a it's a worry for boxing, but hopefully over time we'll we'll look back to the uh, the great fight that we saw, and I don't think we're going to have to wait long to see them in the ring again, given we're, circumstances. Are we going to see some? Yeah, I mean it's definitely shaping up for a rematch now, but are, are we going to see something similar to the the fallout from the Horn Pacquiao clash where? Um, the, the fight had to kind of be, you know, rejudged uh, just to work it all out. Possibly. I think given the fact that Pacquiao Horn uh, wasn't exactly clear or looking certain that there was going to be a rematch, and that's still the case, uh, in terms of this fight, I think it's uh, pretty certain there will be a rematch. In fact, there's a clause in the contracts that yep. both men can enact. They said seconds after yesterday's fight that they want the rematch to happen. Nice. So hopefully, I think, unfortunately, there's little choice but to just move on with it and get back in the ring and settle it again once and for all. Yeah, well, it was a a stunning fight and there's plenty of uh, awesome coverage on the Fox Sports website, particularly in the video section. Uh, You can see all the highlights 
there. Uh, but Liam, thank you very much for, for joining us on The Splash uh, this Monday. Thanks for having me, Phil. And for The Splash, uh, thanks for all the subscribers and listeners out there as we grow this podcast into your Monday to Friday uh, daily dose uh, during the afternoon for all you commuters going home. So until next time on The Splash, that is a wrap. Thank you.